You know, I've always said God is not looking for worship. He's looking for worshipers. If he was looking for worship, he could buy a CD. But he's looking for worshipers. When I first got filled with the Spirit, he, the Lord said, because I battled depression, he said, you can't sing and be depressed at the same time. So I said, well, what about country western? And uh, <clears throat> he didn't answer. He didn't answer. So anyway. Oh, man. What a glorious day. And I feel like I'm right in the timing of God being here. And uh, I just, I, um, I have a friend that he's, well, the whole topic this morning is receiving. And I bet pastors use the word receive about 400 times. But I really feel that God is saying 24-7, he's committed to getting you to receive. God wants us to receive. And let me just read this from uh, John chapter 1. He was in the world. The world was made through him, and that the world did not know him. He came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, the authority, to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, he gave them power to become. Could I get you to say a sentence with me? If you're not receiving, you're not becoming. We have to receive from God 24 hours a day. That's why he says in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our annual bread. Excuse me. Give us this day our daily bread. It should be normal to hear from God. It should be normal to experience the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It should be normal to have revelation, understanding, God's thoughts pouring in. Because I promise you, God is wanting us to receive. Jesus stood at the, uh, sat on the hill of Jerusalem. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, this is Luke 13, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God wants us to receive. How many believe Jesus paid it all? Then there's nothing left for you to do. It's finished. He's paid it all. There's only one thing left to do is to receive. Now, most Christians, many Christians, misunderstand and they're trying to perform. God doesn't need your performance. He performed it all on the cross. He said it is finished, literally translated, it is completely complete. So there's nothing left for you to do except respond. Don't try to perform, respond. I've been thinking of a lot, the, the, a lot of the word lately, marinate. I'm not a good cook. I mean, I can't cook. I had four sisters. I was raised on a farm. I cannot cook, but I can shovel manure. I'm good at that, but... Uh, but, but 
I asked my wife about the word marinate. She said it adds flavor, adds tenderness. And I believe, and this is what God's been speaking to me, we don't, it's not enough just to come in to pray. We need to marinate. Don't just pray, marinate. Wait for God to impart to you. Wait for God to speak to you. That should be a normal thing because the Holy Spirit has an agenda. Now, let me tell you something about him. He will not yell at you. He will not scream at you, but he will talk to you. But his voice many times, most times, is very slight. It's very faint. I've learned something. The God and the devil are looking for the same thing. God wants you to receive, and the devil wants you to receive or agree with him. God wants you to agree with him. The devil wants you to agree with him. They're both looking for the same thing. I'll say it this way. God is committed to us that we receive. The devil is committed that you don't receive. So all our life, we, are, we have this thing on our shoulders here, and it's called an abortionist. It will reason away God. Sometimes we have like a spiritual ADD. We, we're trying to follow God, but we got in that, look at that, isn't that clever? That, that thing sparkles, and we get distracted, and we're always aiming for things, and we miss our day to receive. Sometimes it's, it's just good to picture prayer. Prayer is more about listening. It's more about paying attention. It's about being in the presence of God and, and letting Him speak to you. Hallelujah. So God is not impressed with performance, although that's where the religious world is. If we perform enough, then God will accept us. But the good news is he's already accepted us. I love the fact that we are accepted because most people don't believe they're accepted. Most people have a mindset that God's against them somehow or God is trying to hinder them. The Holy Spirit is called the helper. He's on the earth. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. But he is the helper on the earth. He's a good guy. I call him a sweetie pie. He's there to help your life, to encourage your life. And so we're not trying to impress him. We want to receive from him. I have a friend named Kevin, and he prayed for you this morning. I pray, I pray with him every Sunday, Saturday night, every Sunday morning. Because I went to a, he was bribed to a church. Um, he had a friend that had done him a major favor, helping him with his mortgage once. And Kevin hated church. He hated preachers. He hated it all. He, he grew up in church, but he was so tired of the hypocrisy and everything. And his friend invited him to come to Lagoda, Indiana, and be in this meeting. And so Kevin says, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I just, I don't believe what I wanted to do, but his friend said, would you do it as a favor to me? And he comes that night, and he comes in the meeting with ingrown toenails, and they're so bad, he has the front of his shoes cut out because his toenails are in such bad shape. Anyway, during the meeting, God just casually healed him, and then his back had been in such pain for 18 years of their marriage. Every single morning, his wife, Debbie, with no exceptions, every Sunday morning, every single morning, she, and Sunday mornings, uh, she, it took her two hours to get him out of bed. 
his back injury was so bad. Every single morning for 18 years, that night he came, his, a bride, his friend bribed him to come, and God healed his back. He hadn't had a pain since. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> Kevin, Kevin, who hate, hated church and hated preachers, is now a pastor. And he, has, he literally, in Bedford, Indiana, he literally pastors the whole city because he just has, he has a big mouth and he won't stop talking about the Lord. But, and and there's, there's this attitude he has to receive. And so many times we get in the presence of God and we forget we're here to receive. We're not supposed to leave here this morning the way we came. God wants, and tomorrow morning, God wants to give you something. I encourage you to journal. Write down things God talks to you. When you get in prayer, write down things. Maybe it's a thought. Maybe it's just an unction. Maybe it's a prompting. Maybe it's a scripture, but write it down because I journal all the time. And when I don't, I'll look back a few months later and I'll see my handwriting and I do not recognize it. I do not recognize that. Another, my mind has totally dismissed it. I forgot what the Lord said. Maybe that's why Jesus said to the the disciples, you know, we, they worried because they had no bread, you know, and Jesus kind of rolled his eyes and said, you know, the other day I fed 5,000 people with this five loaves and two fish, and you, you don't remember that? You don't remember, he said. But, but another, we, we have a tendency to forget because the Holy Spirit is talking to us, and, and there's so many abortions in the Bible. Jesus said, to Peter, Luke 5, let down your nets for a catch. And Peter said, Lord, we've been out here all night. You know you're in trouble when you're giving God information anyway. But, but, but he said, we've been out here all night. And the, and, but he said, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. Even though this doesn't make sense. As a fisherman, I'll do it. And, and we all know these, all these fish tried to get in the boat. And then they had to call the Catholics in the other boats to come and to help them. And it's a wonderful story. But when it happened, this astonishing, magnanimous, amazing amount of fish, what did Peter say? He didn't say, hot dog, hallelujah, this is wonderful. He said, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. And most of us are like him. We're rejecting the Holy Spirit because we still don't know who we are in Christ. And we're saying, get away. We don't say it that way, but we're, we're saying, God, I know I'm not worthy. And my friend says, you know, I, I felt so unworthy. I didn't feel holy enough to come to you, so I stopped coming to you. And the Lord said to him one day, I didn't ask you to come on your holiness. I asked you to come on my holiness. <laughs> wow. So anyway, God wants us to receive. I was at Quincy, Illinois. Uh, Pastor Zach, you've been there at that church, and there was a conference in March, and so I was asked to speak two nights there, so one night, after, during the flow of the Holy Spirit, there's a word. Somebody here has an eye injury. God wants to heal you. This little 12-year-old girl told her dad, he said, she said, Daddy, that's you. But somebody else kind of jumped up. I had cataract surgery. I needed healing, and it never happened, and he said the whole way home that night, the family reprimanded him. Dad, you should have gone up there. You should have gone up there. So the next night they come back, and there's another word. Somebody here, you've had surgery. And this guy jumped up. He said, I'm not going to miss it, because they had 
he, he'd had a weed eater accident, and he, he was totally blind in his left eye, totally blind. And it had been like three years. He said, the doctor has removed my eyeball at least three times, took it out, messed with it, dipped it in something probably, and then put it back in. He said, I'm still blind. But that night, he came up, he received, he responded. We all prayed, let's all pray. And after a few minutes, can you see anything better? He said, yeah, I'm seeing. I said, how much, 10%? He said, oh no, more like 80%. And to this day, his eye is 100% healed. 100% heal, but he almost didn't receive it because there's something in all of us as well as probably for somebody else. His 12-year-old daughter said, Dad, you know, that's you. You don't have to go around blind. This is for you, and he received it, and it's just an amazing miracle, but how many times do we abort? Remember the story of Naaman the Syrian in 2 Kings, I believe it's chapter 5, but it says that he, want, he was a leper. He, more or less, he had four-stage cancer. He was just a mess. And this little Israel girl said, boy, it's a shame he's not in Israel because there's, there's a prophet over there. He'd get healed, you know. And so he writes a letter to the king, said, I'm coming over to get healed. The king gets mad, said, I can't heal. What are you doing? Anyway, it says that the prophet heard about it, and he said, Tell him, send him to my house. So it's a wonderful story. So he came to his house with an entourage of people, bodyguards probably, and he pulls up in front of Elisha's house. Elisha didn't come out, but he sent a messenger out that had a bad case of acne, and he said, just threw that in, but anyway, he, 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 it, it, what I'm saying is it, God will use the most unlikely person to get you to receive. And so he, he comes out and says, the word of the Lord to you is go down in the river Jordan, dip seven, ti seven times, and your flesh will be restored. Four-stage cancer. You know how he responded? He got mad. It said he went away in a rage. Why? Because he said, I thought the prophet was going to come out and like Clint Eastwood, raise his hand, rave his hand and leprosy would fly everywhere. Instead, he sends out this pimply-faced teenager to tell me to go dip in the River Jordan. And I'll tell you something, I got better rivers at home than Jordan. I've got rivers with stained glass windows in them. I've got rivers at home. If I want to go to a river, I'll go at home. And there were some anti-abortionists there, and they said, listen, if he had told you to do something hard, you would have done it, since he's told you to do something so simple. Why don't you do it? And they stopped the abortion. He went down to Jordan, full of ugly leprosy, nasty leprosy, and dipped. First, first dip, nothing happened. The seventh dip, his skin was restored like the skin of a little child. But his brain almost aborted it. And I promise you, God is telling you every day, I want you to receive. Give us this day our daily bread and make a record of it. Don't forget it. And in fact, I've, I've talked to Pastor Zach about this, but, you know, I believe most of us hear a good sermon and we go home and we forget it. And I believe part of receiving is going back and re-listening and saying, oh, now what was being told me, you know, and 
Well, I, pastor had a great word Sunday morning. What is it? I don't, can't remember, but it was good. You know, but, but we need to receive and digest those things that God is talking to us. Because I guarantee you, your brain will dismiss it. Your brain will forget it. But we need to be more aggressive in receiving. We also need to be more aggressive in using our authority. Isn't it amazing in Ephesians 6 when he talks about the armor of God and he says, helmet of salvation, the, the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. But then he says something interesting. He said, above all, Ephesians 6 verse 10, above all. In other words, the most important part of your armor, above all, is take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, most of us don't do that. The devil comes along and says, you know, you're a failure. I, that's a confirmation. I feel like a failure. You know, and we, we buy into the enemy way too much. And we need to be more aggressive and say, no, I don't receive that. I don't accept that. The, and I, I replace that word. You call me a failure. I'm not only not a failure, I'm more than a conqueror. And God has amazing plans for my life. If, you would, if we would do that as a lifestyle, the enemy would get away with nothing. But most of us are just wimpy that way. We, 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 and I'm included. We, we let the enemy walk on us. When I get tormented by the enemy. I don't feel like rebuking the devil. I really don't. I feel like slapping somebody. I, I don't. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't feel like rebuking. I'm mad. I'm upset emotionally. I'm, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like in a, in a full of authority. But God says, above all, use your authority. Take authority over the enemy. If God be for you, who can be against you? Wow. You know what I believe? I believe if you took every word love out of the Bible and replaced it with the word acceptance, which really is the same thing, it'd be such a be much better message. God loves you. Well, that sounds so generic, but to say God accepts you. He accepts you. He's not against you. He accepts you. He loves your weirdness. He loves your, he loves your personality. He loves your uniqueness. He really does. And God has an amazing sense of humor. Now, with that, saying he loves you, he still thinks you're very strange. But, but he, you know, he, he loves us. I have read a book recently about people that have gone into heaven and near-death experiences and just amazing. Two, two or three books I've read on it. It's just amazing. But every single person says without fail, when I was in heaven for those few minutes and I saw the Lord, I came out convinced that God loves me. And there was, it, you, can't, he could, you can't take it away. But many people aren't convinced. And the Bible says to, to come boldly. And the only way you can come boldly is to know you're loved. Because if you feel like God's disappointed in you, if you feel like God's mad at you, you can't pray boldly. But if you know that you know, God loves me. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect. I do have an odd-shaped head, but, but it's okay. But, but it, it's, it's okay because God loves me, and you can pray boldly. And believe me, God doesn't have confidence in you personally, but he has confidence in the Holy Spirit he's put in you. Because how many know that you, you, you don't have to look far to find somebody with a need? You don't have to go overseas anymore. They're all here. You know, it's just, it, it just like there's so many needs all around us, and God wants us, he wants to tap into the Holy Spirit he's put in each of us. 
Because it's only that, that flow of the Holy Spirit that's going to help anybody. And he's willing. He's paid the price. It's finished. It's completely complete. Our part is to begin to access it, to begin to enjoy it. And I mean it, I mean it when I say enjoy. Most people are boring, I think. They're just boring because they don't enjoy God. But God wants us to be, I don't mean most people, but there's a lot of boring people out there. Listen to this. He says, this is Hebrews 12. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For they, if they did not escape who refused him on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he's promised, saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. In other words, God is building his kingdom. Probably one of the most damnable lies out there is if you, all you do is have to pray the sinner's prayer and everything's going to be fine. It's Walt Disney Christianity after that. No, after you pray that sinner's prayer, God says, he that has begun a good work in you is committed to you to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It may take God 70 years, but he's going he's gonna to put in you his image, and he's going to extract the hindrances. And this friend of mine that I was talking about, Kevin, he's so prophetic, and he prayed this morning, and he said, tell that church, and he's so prophetic, he said, tell that church, the floodgates have been opened. You're getting ready. You're getting ready. And I trust him. I trust his word. But he said, this church here in Cape Girardeau is getting ready to experience a flood. Hallelujah. A real flood. And sometimes you've been through some pain. We've been through some junk. But the issue is we're being made ready. God has done a work. And be, not for our sake, but for his sake, he's increasing his kingdom. And to think that, well, I prayed a sinner's prayer, that's just the tiny, tiny beginning. I remember when my children were born, you know, here's the delivery room, here's the recover room, and then I wanted to say, where's the room where you raise them? Because I don't want to do this, you know. <laughs> I see a little baby, and I think, that's 20 years of hard work right there, you know, and it's like, but, but I think that's the way God is. He said, my goal wasn't just to save you, to get you to heaven. My goal was to do a work in you, that you would, become, you would take on my nature, and you would your life would change the world, and anybody that crossed your path would be drastically changed. So God's goal is for us to receive. I was in this church in uh, Storm Lake, Iowa, and one night there's a word, somebody's broken a bunch of bones because of an accident. The guy never came up. Afterwards, he comes up and says, well, I had my own personal plane. I crashed, and I broke 127 bones. Yeah. I said, why didn't you come? But I don't know. I th thought it was probably for somebody else. You know, it just, it, it's, we're, we're so weird. We're so weird about receiving. We need to come with an aggressiveness and say, God, I'll take all you have. To me, the greatest shame is to come to church and go the way, leave the way you came. Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And if God is doing anything today, he's telling us to start getting intimate with him. He's saying, draw near to me and listen to me. Hear my voice and, and, 
And, you, you know, just the, the price to pay many times is just to be silent. I know one day I was praying for myself, myself, praying for myself, and I, I, I'll never forget, I felt like I heard God yawn. And it was like, <laughs> and it's like God saying, this is so boring, you talking about you all the time. And so I, I just, I changed my policy. I said, I'm going to pray for every person I can think of, every person that comes to mind. And it's amazing how the Lord will, he'll speak to you in that. <laughs> Remember that time Paul said, shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? They probably said, well, maybe you shouldn't come at all. Uh, but, but I believe, if you think about it, this helper on the earth, 24-7, he's trying to get you to receive. Receive encouragement, receive strength. You know, most people don't reject God for who he is. They reject him for who he isn't. I grew up in a church that it was so legalistic and it made me hate God. I just said, this is, is like the people were mean. You know, not all of them, but a lot of them were. But there was a hardness about religion. Many people who reject God, they're just really rejecting religion. They're not really rejecting God. This scripture, real quickly, Luke 5. On a, happened on a certain day, verse 17, he, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. I love these words because it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Before I continue on, this couple right here, you guys have been it's like you've been, I keep seeing this all morning, but it's like you've been climbing a mountain and it's just like the, the battle's over and you've reached the mark. Something, something so close is getting ready to manifest in your lives and it's the Holy Spirit's doing. But he is so with you. He is so behind you. And in the near future, you're going to see so many things manifest had been in your heart for a long time. You're almost there. That's what I hear. Hallelujah. So this day, this day, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town, out of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I thought Jesus was mean to Pharisees. This day, God and Jesus must have had a conversation. Let's heal some strange Pharisees today. Let's heal some pointed-headed Pharisees. Let's just, let's just be different today. Let's, let's do it. And God was present to heal them, but no Pharisee got healed because these two guys, four guys, brought their friend. And their friend was so miserable. He evidently was a paraplegic. He was so desperately in need of healing. And they couldn't get in because of the crowd. And I want to tell you something about crowds. There's always a crowd to press through. The only place there's not crowds, I've found, is the salad bar <coughs> and the exercise room. Everything else in life is a crowd. 
And these guys saw that they, they came to the house. Jesus is in there teaching. They couldn't get in because of the crowd. But these guys got up on the roof. Somehow they manufactured, I don't know what they did, but they got some, something worked up from Home Depot and they, they lowered it down in front of Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Son, your sins are forgiven. And they got offended and they aborted what God wanted to do. And he, there was never a record of any Pharisee being healed that day. But it was God's intention to heal them. That's Luke 5. You, you ought to read through that sometime some more. So, remember that story about the helicopter? The, this guy, you know, the flood and... The boat came by, and another boat came by. Finally, a helicopter. He said, no, no, God's going to save me. And then he went to heaven. He says, God, why would you take me to heaven? I was asking you to deliver me. He said, I sent three people. I said, you know, I was in a deal working hard on a book and just doing all kinds of ministry things a couple of years ago. And, and I was just busy, busy, busy. And this real sweet couple from Waco, Texas, they're simple, but they're precious, and they have a prayer life. And they called me, and they said, Steve, if you don't mind, we, the Lord has given us a word for you. <clears throat> would you, would you, could we give it to you? And I said, maybe. And <clears throat> they're so pure, I thought, whatever it is is going to come from God. And they said, well, they said, Steve, the word is real simple. The Lord said to tell you he misses you. I was working so hard, and it was all spiritual things, but the Lord's attitude was, I miss fellowship with you. God wants us to receive. I've been praying for people sometimes and just laying hands on them, and all of a sudden I feel this power just like I'm about ready to fall over. And I used to think, boy, is the power of God. And I've learned later, it wasn't. It was the power of God, but it was the power of God coming back on me because they weren't receiving. Yeah. You ever prayed for somebody to receive the Holy Spirit and you start praying and they're going, no. Like, yeah, they're just, their head's going, no, no. They said, well, you blockhead. You're not going to receive shaking your head like that for one thing. But in other words, God, and how many times in heaven is God going to say, I sent people to you so you could be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you never received. God's, if, you, if we get this mentality today, God is 24-7. He wants you to receive. He wants you to receive good news. He wants you to receive healing. A week from now, He wants you to say, look how much I've done for you in one week. All you have to do is receive. Hallelujah.